Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope you're celebrating Maroon Friday along with us. It is a home game weekend. I am rocking the maroon and white Stark Villain shirt. Got on the maroon and white chucks and some very comfortable pants. Yeah, fully dressed. That's right, fully dressed. Can't say it's always the case, right? Not for the Boneyard. Because this show ain't for everybody. It's only the sexy people. Hope that you guys will be with us this weekend in Starkville as Mississippi State hosts Alabama. So much to talk about right now. There's a lot going on in sports. There's a lot that happened uh, you know, over the weekend. Our, this coming weekend is scheduled, and, and uh, we had men's basketball last night. Mississippi State looked the best they've looked all year. We're just a few games into the season, but I, I was impressed with what we saw last night. And uh, it wasn't an offensive masterpiece, but meant a pretty much a defensive clinic last night. Mississippi State really played well defensively. We're going to get into some of that. We're going to preview the weekend. Mississippi State women's basketball in action tonight. We'll look at some of that. A lot to talk about, for sure. It is Friday. I hope it's a payday for you. For some of you bi-weekly and weekly wage owners, it could be a good weekend for you. hope that you'll spend some of that money in Starkville. While you're out and about, you need to nourish yourself. 
Bulldog Burger Company is happy to assist you with those endeavors. Great, great, great company. A place to get a great restaurant-quality hamburger. And Listen, there are a few delicacies in life that compete with a great restaurant-quality hamburger. So I encourage you to go by Bulldog Burger Company and find your own favorites. I'm, I am still on the Lauren train for now. I, I'm a creature of habit. I might be there for a while. But I always encourage you to get the spring rolls. But find your own favorites. You know, find your own favorites. If you want just a straight-ahead rock-and-roll burger, that's the Bulldog. Just, I mean, it's no frills, man, but it's all thrills. But you can get on the wild side a little bit and have that pimentology. Have that mission. But get the pico de gallo on the side. That way you can kind of control the distribution. That's a pro tip for you. Bulldog Burger Company, the restaurant closest to campus in the Cotton District, now with two locations to serve you. On University in Starkville and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. The place where people in Starkville and now Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. I don't know if you guys are aware. I'm, I'm going to discuss something here that's been kind of a hot topic. We, we, we debated it some on Twitter, and I don't think there is a debate. This egregious and disgusting action by Miles Garrett, former Texas A&M defensive lineman, Miles Garrett, last play of the game last night against the Steelers. Steelers run a screenplay, and uh, listen, I could spend a whole show lamenting the problems with the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. But we don't have a quarterback. Roethlisberger's out for the year. Mason Rudolph is uh, a serviceable backup. I don't know if I wouldn't go with, with that one, but, uh, but be that as it may. The Steelers' season was standing. What happened last night is a black eye on the National Football League. News was reported this morning that Miles Garrett has been suspended indefinitely, and that suspension will include the rest of the 2019 season including the regular season and the postseason games, and, and you kind of laugh at that. I tweeted out the, the Mora Jeff. There, there's not been a more perfect time than the playoffs. You have a kid me? Playoffs? For the Cleveland Browns? No. But if you've missed it, the video is everywhere. Miles Garrett takes Mason Rudolph's helmet off and then bashes him in the head with it. And so there is some of the debate out there. People say, well, you know, well, well he started it. You know, what, what are we, Five? Well, he started it. He started it. He started it. I mean, it's like I'm arguing with my brother. There is no defense, and I mean no defense, at any point in life for a football player to use his or another player's helmet as a weapon on the field of play. There's no defense. And I could also contend to you, for those of you that, well, he started it. He got what he asked for. Uh, should have been roughing the passer called. Miles Garrett grabs Mason Rudolph hangs on to him long after the ball is out, rides him to the ground. I don't care what was said. Don't know what was said. It's irrelevant. He takes some offense to the the the, the, uh, the, the action there, you know. And so uh, he starts going at Miles Garrett's helmet. People are like, oh, he shouldn't have gone at his helmet. You know, okay, listen, we're human beings here. We have emotions. We also have the ability to have restraint. That's one of the things that separates us from the animals is that we have the ability to kind of reason for ourselves and say, you know what, Uh, I probably shouldn't do this. I probably shouldn't biff him in the face with a frying pan for you fans of the young ones back in the day. There's just no excuse for that. Now, you could make the argument and say, you know what, hey, Rudolph might deserve some disciplinary action for kind of going after Garrett. No matter... The preceding action, there is no defense to essentially assault another player with a football helmet on the field. Even if Rudolph had his helmet on, you just happen to have another helmet just you know rolling free. You grab it and hit him in the helmet in the head with that. I mean that you know that that's bad in and of itself. But to hit a guy in the head who is helmetless with a helmet. That essentially equates to aggravated assault, and I hope it doesn't rise to that level. I don't think we need to have uh, you know criminal proceedings involving uh, matters of of, uh, of athletics. But it's a very ugly, ugly incident. I hope we never have seen anything like that in college football. I am reminded of the West Shivers incident before the nineteen ninety seven Egg Bowl. West Shivers was a a, a recruit deciding between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Fight breaks out pregame. West Shivers 
gets his face readjusted. And uh, there's video out there on YouTube. You can see it yourself. Well, Shivers uh, ultimately uh, signed on with Mississippi State. Had a good career here. Now, now he's a MMA fighter. So, Wes, wherever you are today, get after us, man. Maybe we'll do an article. Kind of a where are they now piece. We'll get Dave Murray on that. Let people know what you're up, what, what you're up to. He uh, he made an appearance on the Ultimate Fighter show. It's one of those things that you, you, you log in today and you're ready to hear some sports. And we go from Miles Garrett and uh, to Wes Shivers, the 97 Egg Bowl, and now MMA. How about that? But again, very, 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 very ugly incident. I, I text, text Mike Namath earlier about all this. Mike is my resident uh, Cleveland Browns fan. And Mike says, hey, you know, look, I've, I've seen some violent things on the football field. That's barbaric. It is what it is. It's over now. The suspension's been handed down. A lot of people were suspended to the appeal, but uh, there, there's no defense for the Miles Garrett thing. N- none whatsoever. So uh, let's look at a couple other things uh, to kind of get you guys rolling. It is a day of villainy for me. I will be signing books today, most of the day. Once I get the show posted, I'm going to go grab some lunch, and then I will be at Maroon and Company from 2 to 4.30. It is their birthday weekend. I will be there with the lovely talented Amber and uh, signing books and, you know, hugging necks and kissing babies' mamas and all that kind of stuff and just having a good day. So come by and say hello, and then I will leave there. And for those of you that are arriving a little bit later and going to enjoy uh, enjoy some some downtown activity, I will be at Book Martin Cafe downtown uh, from 5.30 to 9 and 9.30, I guess. I'll be there for the balance of the day. They're having that unwinding event where you go down and buy tickets and you can have uh, drink some wine, like an ounce of wine. So come down, have a good time, come enjoy uh, the weekend in Sargville. So that's where I'll be. And if you're still looking to, listen, if you don't know where to carry the book, you can find it at at great bookstores. I was at Lemuria earlier this week, and I've got people that have asked, you know, there there are signed books there. And to kind of give you a rundown here, if you're in the Mississippi Delta, you can find books at Cotton Row Books in Cleveland. You can find them at Turn Row Books in Greenwood in the central Mississippi location. You can find them at the new Bully Shop at Meridian. You can find them at Lemuria Books in Jackson, Barnes & Noble in Ridgeland. And all over Starkville, man. They're, they're everywhere in Starkville. You can find them at, uh, let me think here, Barnes & Noble, Campus Bookmark, uh, The Lodge, Bookmark & Cafe, Maroon & Company, Occasions, Gift Shop Downtown. Uh, they're everywhere. We've got some other events planned. Uh, actually working with some folks now. Hopefully to have a date finalized soon for the Mississippi Gulf Coast. But anytime that I go sign books anywhere, they're, they are carrying the book there. So if I go to a bookstore, they have had them in anticipation of me arriving, they will still have them. They will continue to carry them. So that's where, if you're looking for books, you can find them. But that's where I'll be. So let's get into last night's basketball game. I mentioned to you guys, I really thought State played their best game of the year. Reggie Perry, I really thought, exerted himself early. And he kind of mentioned, hey, I don't want him to go out here and just go through the motions. Uh, Again, he, he played well. He got us going early. He hit a big three early. That's one of those things you look at and you begin to think about his draft profile. If Perry can stretch the floor a little bit and get out there and knock down some of those shots from the outside, that's going to make him that much more valuable as an NBA prospect. I think everybody knows that. This is his final year in Maroney White. He will be going pro at the end of this year, barring something totally unforeseen. But every time he knocks down one of those three-point shots, he is rising up the draft boards because that's what he's going to have to do. And, and he looks good doing it. You know, there's some, some bigger guys that they're really stiff. Their shooting form is poor. He looks like a pro out there. When he, when he really gets after it, Reggie Perry is very, very difficult to handle. And uh, talking to some other guys in the media, it does seem that he kind of elevates his game during the bigger games. Last night, State gets off to a good start. He gets off to a good start. And uh, I, I won't say that we coasted, but I, it, we kind of took the foot off the gas just a little bit. So let's kind of run the game down for you here real quick. Reggie Perry had mentioned uh, a double-double last night. 14 rebounds, 14 points, nine of those defensive rebounds, and just 29 minutes of action. Uh, we were told post-game that Reggie Perry leads all active SEC players in career double-doubles. So I believe the number is 11. And he's a walking double-double. You know, it's like it's just, it's just a matter of, you know, is he engaged late? You know, because there are a lot of times the games kind of get away. But uh, I thought Reggie played really well. 
really well yesterday on both ends of the floor. A couple steals last night. I did have a couple turnovers, but also had three assists. And that's one of the things when you look at guys like him, as people begin to kind of bring help side defense, he's going to be able to find a dude down low. And listen, Abdul Adu, you're not going to run a ton of offense through him. That's not his game. But he is a wide-body guy with a lot of length that can get in there and rebound for you and block shots and ultra shots. And a lot of things he does that doesn't make the scoreboard or the, the, the uh, box score that impact the scoreboard. That's what I was trying to say. But uh, Abdu, six points last night, seven rebounds, but four block shots. And that's not even counting all the ones that he altered. He, he is a difference maker. And you know when, when Louisiana Monroe made their run about halfway through the second half, first half, pardon me, uh, Adu was on the bench. You, you had Prince Aduro in, and they were kind of driving at will. Uh, Prince Aduro gives you almost six minutes of action. That's a season high for him. But Adu is a difference maker. They are very, very, very aware when he is in the ball game. He plays 31 minutes. And, you know, listen, if we can get 31 minutes out of him and he can stay out of foul trouble, and he just had three last night. And one of those was really kind of silly. And when the official called it, Adu immediately looked to the official and kind of nodded his head like, yeah, I got him. I got him. I tweeted this out last night, too, and because I, I have been one of these hypercritical people when it comes to uh, college basketball officiating. There have been some times over the course of the last couple of years that men's basketball has been almost unwatchable. And the games that I have seen this year, and I've watched a little bit on television, but there, there seems to be maybe we have had an adjustment of sorts, and maybe people are kind of settling in to kind of walling up or whatever. But there is some rhythm to men's college basketball again. We, we, we can go a few trips without having to have a, you know, uh, a foul call. There were times you, know, you couldn't go consecutive trips without a foul being called. It was so ridiculous. The games are a lot more enjoyable now. And listen, I, to be honest with you, I only remember really one or two calls last night that I thought was a little bit iffy. And one of those was the fifth foul call on uh, the, the center um, from, uh, from UL Monroe. Uh, Elijah uh, Effigy, and I apologize if I said that incorrectly, but, you know, he, the fifth foul on him, and, guys, it was a foul, but it wasn't especially egregious. You know, he's boxing out there and probably got a little – considered that he had four fouls, probably a little bit too fired up there uh, with the hip action. But, uh, yeah, listen, I thought it was a pretty well-officiated ball game. There just wasn't a ton of that. You know, State got in some foul trouble late, but they were fouls. They were properly called. I thought we were a little bit silly at times uh, with some of the fouls. Reggie Perry, Tyson Carter, and, but they were effort fouls. They weren't. You know, it's one of those things when fatigue takes over and guys get caught reaching. But I thought sometimes we were just a little bit too exuberant. You know, we're trying to get in a passing lane. We kind of fight through somebody and get a little bit physical. You can kind of live with some of that physicality. You, you begin to think to yourself, you know what, he, he, he did foul the guy. we got to play a little bit cleaner. But that's a foul that's associated with effort. And I thought that was really the difference in the game last night. We played with a lot more effort than they did. Iverson Molinar, I, I did not fill up the stat column, but I'll tell you, he, he looked to be more in control. And I specifically asked Ben Howland and he both about that last night in postgame. And Ben agreed. He looked so much more comfortable. And we're just three games in. But he's so much more comfortable running the show. I thought he did a great job getting out there. When, when we go man-to-man and he's out there extending the defense a little bit and kind of let, not letting them get in their sets, he seems to have a lot more confidence in the defenders around him, and I think that's helping him offensively. There are some times that I wish he would really look for his shot a little bit more. He is really good going to the basket. Three of five last night, 0 for 1 from 3, 4 from 4 from the line. You recall over the weekend that was one of the issues. He was a better free throw shooter, and he said that, and he showed it last night. It's a couple rebounds, 10 points, just the one assist. That's got to get better. You know, he's got to find a way uh, to get his teammates, you know, involved a little bit more and kind of give them some open looks. But again, three games into his college career, Iverson Molinar remains a consistent topic of conversation for the right reasons. You know, we've had some very highly talented freshmen that have come in in the last 15, 20 years. And a lot of those guys come in and you say, well, you, you kind of got to live with some of that. Iverson Molinar is a little more mature at this point in his career than, than what we've seen from some other other younger guys. Uh, when the post-game press conference was nearly over, 
Ben Howen made it a point to, to specifically point out Robert Woodard talk about what a game that he had none of us really asked about him you know because Reggie gets a double double and you, know, you do some good defensive things and but uh Robert Woodard kind of lost in our our questioning but Ben Howen made it a point to say you know what I thought Robert Woodard really played well and, and he is absolutely correct Robert five of ten from the floor knocked down to three perfect from the free throw line seven rebounds 13 points one personal foul two assists zero turnovers and two steals in 32 minutes of action. If we're going to get that level of production out of him, we're going to win a lot of a lot of basketball games. Very, very good effort from him. Tyson Carter did not fill up the, uh, you know, he had 28 of the night. He, he didn't exactly light things up. And some of that was because they were going to make sure that he didn't beat them. And, and thankfully, he didn't have to. He's two of nine from the floor, missed a couple threes, perfect from the line, didn't pull down a rebound, had six points, four assists, zero turnovers, and two steals in 28 minutes. So there you go again, State winning in a variety of ways. You had the big comeback against them, Houston State. Really kind of grinded this one out, despite the fact that you didn't get a lot of points from your leading scorer. And you still won going away. DJ Stewart, I said uh, on Friday, or pardon me, over the weekend, Monday, I guess, that uh, perhaps his best game in a uniform against Sam Houston State. Might have beat that this time. Four of six from the floor. Knocked down a three. One of two from the line. Pulled down a couple of boards. Ten points. Off the bench, mind you. And a couple of turnovers. There was an alley-oop play that Tyson Carter throws, throws up. And Stewart, it, it was a required a bit of an athletic adjustment in midair. And he grabs it, heaves it home, and that was one of the things that Tyson talked about with DJ is that he is a guy that can elevate and play above the rim and really get people on their feet. I thought that, I thought that was a really tone-setting play. You go out there and lob it up, and, and DJ goes and gets And listen, we haven't always connected on those. You know, I go back and I think about the years in Humphrey Coliseum when it was absolutely electric, you know, when, we're, when Derek Zimmerman's throwing the lob and Timmy Bowers running backside and uh, heaving at home. We expected to see that every time out. Guys like DJ Stewart, they're electrifying. DJ Stewart sells you tickets. He's not even a starter. I thought Keyshawn Fazell kind of had a rough night. A couple of silly fouls. There was one in particular I thought that, you know, really kind of more out of frustration. 0 for 3 from the field. Uh, did make a couple of free throws. And then, uh, you know, pulled down just uh, two rebounds. Three personal fouls. The just the two points and four turnovers. Well, it's not his better night. But, see, that's the thing. With, with some of these raw guys, it's not going to be aces every night. You know, the, Keyshawn has had a couple of really good ball games, uh, played well in the exhibition, just didn't have it last night. And, and that's okay. You're not going to have a ball game when all the, the, you know, the Pistons are firing. We've got a couple other young guys in late in the ball game. Uh, Elias King gets in. Devin Butts gets in. Quentin Post comes in. Uh, you know, ha- did some good things. You know, in, in the student section, it's always really fired up when those young guys come in. But Quentin Post looks to be a guy that uh, kind of understands what basketball is about. Devin Butts, I thought, looked really athletic, too. He had a rebound down there and uh, did have a turnover as well. Kind of got out of control a little bit. But, uh, you know, again, you're able to empty the bench. You win the ball game going away. State shoots just over 40%, 25 from three-point line. from the free throw line. That's got to get better. You hold Louisiana Monroe to 35.3%, 31% from the free throw, from three-point line, but to a season low 45 points. You know, if you're going to hold most of your opponents uh, around 50 points or less, you're going to win a lot of ball games. It's a good effort. I mean, it really was. It was a good effort. And and this is a fun team. You know, and uh, I, I'm just going to say it how I see it. There have been some times in the Ben Howland era we have not been very exciting on offense. I mean, that, that's just how I feel about it. I think this team has the, the potential to be very exciting on offense. I think they're fun to watch. Listen, grinded out half-court sets where you you, know, you just kind of get something going to the basket or you get a put-back basket and then you, you play, you know, grinded out late shot clock defense – uh, that doesn't sell tickets. It wins games. It doesn't sell tickets. 
But I think with the defensive effort that we've seen from this team the last, oh, I don't know, game and a half, and the the high-flying acrobatics from some of these Bulldog guards, I, I think this is a team that can be a special one at Mississippi State. I, you know, I don't know how deep we get into the tournament. I don't know. But I think this is a team worthy of your attention. We've got a lot going on right now. You know, we've got a couple more weeks before we, uh, regular season football will be over for us. But I don't want you to get out of habit of coming to Starkville because I think I really believe this men's basketball team is going to be a lot of fun. DJ Stewart is one of those guys you look at him and you kind of, you know, you kind of, kind of take a step, step back and say, you know what, there's just something about this kid. It's a little different. Kind of get those same feelings about Ivers and Molinar. You begin to kind of look ahead to next year and you think, okay, you'll lose Reggie Perry and Tyson Carter, but you return some pieces where you begin to feel like, okay, we're going to kind of get off the roller coaster. We can have some continuity here uh, at Mississippi State in men's basketball. But again, consider that. Consider coming out watching basketball, men's basketball. This is a good group. This is a group I think you're going to be excited about. Uh, the women will play tonight against Murray State. Uh, the Murray State Racers will come in, and uh, they are – sometimes I can't even pay attention to these notes. They send these notes out, and it doesn't always make a lot of sense. On their notes, they have uh, – <laughs> oh, I guess their notes were for both games. Okay, so <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm confused. Uh, Murray State comes into the ball game, expected to start pretty young team. They, get, they don't have a lot of depth, I guess you'd say, but uh, this is a team. You know, Mississippi State should kind of roll over. They got absolutely blasted by Louisville, seventy-six to forty, in their season opener. That they played Lindsey Wilson early year in an exhibition. Looks like Lindsey was the only one that showed up as an 82-36 uh, result there. But we talked about fun men's basketball. Yeah, the women are always fun. I mean, that's, this is kind of the culture that we've created now at, uh, at Mississippi State. We, have, you know, we support women's hoops. Murray State escapes Itabina with a 72-66 win over Mississippi Valley State in their most recent game. The Lady Delta Devils 0-3 on the year. 72-66. And uh, they'll come in. And so, interesting. Uh, so they'll come in the ball game. Uh, I guess it's 1-1 one and one now and, uh, and play the ladies. But, uh, you know, this is a Mississippi State team that is still kind of trying to find a sense of itself. This is a Mississippi State team that's got some young players that are already beginning to contribute. And this is why you play them in a non-conference. You go ahead and, you know, I don't want to have to play them when uh, we've got somebody in foul trouble against South Carolina and it's their first action. you got, you got to get them out and get them in the flow of the game. And so if you're coming out tonight, please come out. It's a, it's a uh, 7 p.m. tip, I guess. 7 p.m. tip. Should be good crowd. There are a lot of people that I know are making the trip to Starkville, uh, going to spend the night, go to the girls' game, and then get up and go to Alabama. But come spend a weekend with us. Should be a winning weekend here at Mississippi State. Should be winning weekend for sure. And I think you can feel good about the fact that uh, men's and women's basketball trending in the right direction in a major way. That hasn't always been the case. It's nice to be able to, you know, to go from season to season and expect our teams to be able to compete, our teams to be able to do something good. If you're going to spend a full weekend in Starkville, you can have the women's basketball game tonight football game on Saturday, and then Sunday, 2 o'clock, Mississippi State men back in action as they host the privateers of UNO. I remember some games years ago. Those were uh, far from gimmies. I want to remind you guys, too, our friends at Campus Bookmart, always here to help you, always here to help you, always here to serve you. Uh, Stand man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole crew there will treat you like family because you are family. Many of you parked in their free parking lot as commuter students. You got your textbooks there. Now it's time to outfit your family, your home, your RV, your office, and the latest with Maroon and White fashions and novelty items. Mom, let me go ahead and tell you on behalf of your family, they want new Mississippi State clothing. You can find that at campusbookmark.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, let me give you a phrase that pays. Anytime we can save you some money, we want to do it. Use promo code BSR. 
which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. So uh, let's talk some football here. Mississippi State and Alabama are going to get together 11 a.m. tomorrow. A lot of people are wondering, hey, Steve, what do you, what do you think? Okay, well, I think Alabama's going to win the game. I also think Mississippi State's going to come out. I think State's going to come out and have some fire. I think Tommy Stevens will start the game. I think you might see both quarterbacks play. I do think this is going to be a lot closer game than a lot of people anticipate. I don't think State wins. I think Bama will probably cover late. But I expect the Bulldogs to come out and play. And not to mention, it's only human nature if you're Alabama to think, okay, we really, 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 really have a sense of urgency after losing to LSU. You know, at this point, you're not going to Atlanta, barring something totally unforeseen. You know, you got to win out. So now for the first time in a long time, the pressure is really on Alabama. Nobody expects Mississippi State to do much. There's no pressure on State. It's kind of reminiscent of when State played LSU. You go out, you go for it on fourth down, you run the flea flicker, you you know, you run the fake punch, you, you, know, you try your gadget plays, whatever. There's no expectation for most people for you to even be in the ballgame. You can go out there and just play wild and crazy. I don't know that I would punt the whole day. I might even let Tucker Day throw a pass. I mean, you know, it's like there's you can go play loose and fast because you don't have as much riding on the game. Now, State's got to win two of the last three, and I think all of us have kind of, you know, fair or unfair. I think most Mississippi State fans have penciled in a loss to Alabama and a win over Abilene Christian with the Bulldog Bowl hopes resting on a win in the Egg Bowl. And so this weekend almost feels like a bit of an inconvenience to a lot of people. Say, well, you know, we'll we'll just go endure that. We just want to get out of there healthy. You know, if we're going to play the game, let's go out there and try to win the game. we got to get all dressed up anyway. Let's go out there and try them on. Let's let's just go chunk it down the field and see what happens. What if you come out early and you hit a couple of deep balls to Osiris Mitchell? Let's say you go out there and Tommy Stevens throws a frozen rope and you catch Alabama napping a little bit next at 7-0. Then all of a sudden you get, you know, you get a turnover or something or you you get a muff punt or something. And all of a sudden you get the crowd in the ball game and, you know, who knows? Not expecting that. But also another stranger things have happened. I remember in 1996, Alabama came to Starkville, and uh, we were in the uh, the throes of depression and anxiety and frustration. And most people wanted Jackie Sherrill fired. Most. We didn't have uh, we didn't have Facebook available to the general population yet. Social media was still in its infancy. Most people would get on message boards, and I would say the the prevailing opinion of the day was it is time to fire Jackie Sherrill. And then we found a way to beat Alabama. Cost them everything. We found a way to beat Ole Miss. And we ended the year on a positive note. We come out in 97, we have a winning year. Lose the Egg Bowl. Should have gone to the Motor City Bowl. We blew it. 98, we win the West. 99, we win 10 games. 2000, we had a snowball. So we didn't fire Jackie, and he ushered in one of the best stretches of football in Mississippi State history. We had a lot to feel good about. The next four years were great. Those are the years that people remember Jackie Sherrill for. So that 96 team, nobody gave them a chance either. When we beat Alabama in 1980, there were a lot of people that thought State could play with Alabama, despite the fact that we had a freshman quarterback. A lot of people said, you know, that Bulldog defense, they could give Alabama some trouble. And we did. Held them three points. So let's go play the game. You know, I remember years ago, when John Parker Wilson's trying to, st- to steal a touchdown just before the half against Sylvester Croom's defense. And I believe it was Dominic Douglas. That's a name you hadn't heard in a while. Out of Hines Community College. He and Jamar Chandy down there just kind of wrecking shop. 
you make a big play, they review it, and you, and everybody everybody that had on a maroon shirt that day in the crowd or on TV or around the country, when they reviewed that play, y'all knew what you, everybody had the same reaction. They're going to give them a touchdown. Well, they didn't give them a touchdown. And then we won the ball game with a with a walk on running back salting the clock away in the fourth quarter. We went down there and won the ball game. The next year they came up here and we thought, you know what? We can beat them again. And we did. Anthony Johnson's finest moment in the uniform. But I think most people felt like, you know what, Alabama was down a little bit. They're not down today. But let's go play the ball game anyway. Let's go see what happens. And like you, I hope we don't get any serious injuries in the ball game. But you can't go and live in life hoping not to get hurt. You're going to get hurt at some point. It's inevitable. I remember a 2016 Mississippi State team that went over to Tuscaloosa and really went through the motions and it showed on the scoreboard. I think we got a chance to go out there and play. I don't know that we got a chance to win. I think we got a chance to go out there and compete. Nick Fitzgerald won the locker room in 2016 in a ball game that not many people cared about. He got beat up and beat up and beat up and beat up. And all of a sudden, he quit being the abrasive, kind of obnoxious young quarterback. And all of a sudden, he became a warrior. And people began to realize, you know what? This kid's got a little something to him. Maybe you'll have a hero emerge tomorrow. And maybe not a, a victorious hero, but maybe somebody that can kind of help us manage our way to the end of the season. You know, maybe that's Tommy Stevens. Maybe it's Garrett Schrader. Maybe it's Colin Hill. I know that Alabama has uh, their focus on Colin Hill. Just, there should be some quarterback runs available. And listen, let, let's be fair. This is not an elite Alabama defense. Yes, they've recruited four and five stars across every position. This is not the Alabama defenses that they've had in recent years. Maybe it's because they've had so much attrition on the defensive coaching staff. Don't know. But this is not the national championship caliber defenses they have had. So I think we can go out there and score some points. I don't think this is going to be like last year. But when you begin to look at the last couple of years, and you look at the active roster at Mississippi State, a lot of these guys have, stoned, have stood toe-to-toe with Alabama. Hadn't been able to get a win. We should have won two years ago. We blew it. Had the fourth quarter lead. Had the ball, a chance to put the game away. Couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. But I think if you're a Mississippi State player, you say, you know what, the last time we had them down here, we let them off the hook. We went there last year and we shut their offense down as as good as anybody has all year. We had some calls not go our way, but we weren't where we needed to be offensively. And we may still not be where we want to be offensively. But I think with a healthy Tommy Stevens and a healthy Kyle and Hill that you can go out there and make some plays. I think you can find a way to make the game somewhat competitive. And then we'll see what happens. Let's look around the league here a little bit too. It's uh, six games this weekend. Mississippi State, Alabama, 11 a.m. on ESPN. Across the dial, you had a CBS doubleheader. Missouri and Florida. You know, if Kelly Bryant was 100%, I might feel differently about this ball game. Florida's got to go up there in the cold and play on that turf. It is just a different deal. It is absolutely a different deal. I mean, it's it's just a different environment up there. I mean, and listen, I've been to Missouri, and many of you have too. It, it is a different environment up there. It, it doesn't really feel... You know, like an SEC environment. This is an early game. It's going to be called. I, I could see Florida going out there and laying an egg a little bit. And, the, you know, we, we talk about the Mullen malaise. I mean, you know, Florida's out of the race. But, you know, if this was if Kelly Bryant was 100% healthy and you just don't know how that's going to work out, I, I, I could see Missouri pulling an upset here. But I think based on the... The health of Kelly Bryant, Florida will find a way. I think they'll find a way. I think Florida can run the football. But, again, if this game is close at the half, don't be the least bit surprised. I went back and forth on Georgia-Auburn. 
and I hope we get to watch a lot of the ball game. I hope you know we can get on over, get done with post game, and get on over. I, I'm taking Auburn at home. Auburn, you know, has had had uh, had the bye week, and you know Gus always seems to play his best, coaches best when the back's against the wall. So I, I and I'm taking Auburn, and I and I initially had picked Georgia to win the SEC this year, and they still may. <laughs> But when you give the mad scientist Malzahn extra time to prepare, he'll cook up some wrinkles. And I just don't know if Jake Fromm and that Georgia O-line can deal with that Auburn pass rush. I think Auburn and Kevin Steele is really going to give Georgia trouble. And Georgia has been a little bit, you know, Jekyll and Hyde when it's been offensively this year. They have not been a team that's lit it up. And they've, they've got some athletes at receiver. I don't know if they've got game breakers just yet. But I think Auburn wins the ball game in a little bit of an upset. Kentucky on the road at Vanderbilt. You know, I'm not a big fan of Kentucky. I think I, I've always kind of seen them in recent years as a program that's beneath Mississippi State. They see themselves as superior to Mississippi State. And um, I think some of that's because of some of their media people. Despite, I mean, forget the records. You know, it's like let's just throw out the fact that State has dominated the series for the last decade or more. And, uh, you know, they get a win every once in a while. They, they think, oh, well, this is how it should be. No, it's not how it should be. It's not. But Kentucky should win this weekend. You know, Kentucky's one of those teams. You know, they, they are they are going to be a 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five team most years. Last year, they, they, they all kind of came together. They were at the end of a recruiting cycle, a talent cycle, and they kind of caught the league by surprise. Benny Snell and his guests did a great job. They're four and five right now. Four and five. They'll win this weekend. I think that makes them five and five. They'll win next next weekend against Tennessee Martin. That gets them bowl eligible. Then we'll see what happens against Louisville. But the good thing for Kentucky is they're going to close the year out four or five at home. They've split the first two, you know, because they beat Mizzou 29-7, which is a surprise to me. And then they let that game get away last weekend against Tennessee. So there's some sense of urgency, but they have a couple of very winnable games before the rivalry game. So they should be able to, you know, to sneak into bowl eligibility. But I think that's that's the kind of program they are. I think Mississippi State is probably an 8-4 and four team more years than not. And I think Kentucky is a six and a six, seven and five. I think they're beneath Mississippi State and Vanderbilt far beneath both. Again, I think Kentucky wins this one. I don't know that it's going to be easy, but I don't think it'll be. Uh, I don't think it'll be one that they have to sweat out. Uh, LSU will be on the road in Oxford. I think Ole Miss might hang around for a quarter. I think LSU is feeling it, uh, and you know, and, and I have seen so many people make such indictments of Ed Orgeron for some things that he said in the locker room to his team. Number one, I've got no problem with what he said. And number two, if you want to be upset with anybody, be upset with the player because the locker room has to be almost holy ground. Coach has got to be able to feel like he can speak to his team in confidence. But the, the you know that quote gets out there and people are like I can't believe he talks that way. What you you expected him to you know to speak like a British prime minister or something? That's who Ed Orgeron is. And then you know what? That's okay. You didn't think Ed Orgeron used the F word? Come on. Especially when he's around the privacy of his own team. You, you go beat you know Alabama for the first time what eight or nine years. You, the guy's not supposed to have an emotional reaction. Don't look for any letdown this week. Ed Orsron has it out for Ole Miss, too. You don't, people forget, when he was at Ole Miss, he could get them up to play emotionally a couple teams. They could get up to play Alabama, and then eventually the, you know, the, the strength and conditioning programs would take over. But now Ed Orsron has the LSU talent to deal with. So he doesn't have to have them playing over their heads. He can just have them playing up to expectations, and they can win games pretty handily. Not to mention LSU is feeling it right now after beating Alabama. I, I don't expect a letdown. I know people say, well, you know, it's hard to get up emotionally every week. When you have just slayed the dragon, now all of a sudden you feel invincible. 
you want to go finish the deal. I think LSU. I think LSU is going to beat Ole Miss handily. I think Ole Miss might keep it a game for a quarter, but I, they do not have the skill in the secondary to compete with LSU. They do not have the pass rush to kind of disrupt the the LSU passing game. I think Ole Miss might be able to hit a couple of plays running the football because that that's kind of what they're doing now. They're very one-dimensional, but you know, listen, Rich Rod can scheme you to death, and he'll find a way to get guys in space, and you know, he'll get Ely loose in a long run. I don't think it's going to be nowhere near enough. I think LSU wins this thing going away. I, I really don't think it's going to be competitive at all. And that makes LSU uh, you know, one step closer to uh, to winning the West and going to Atlanta. And it makes Ole Miss uh, one step closer to uh, – a loss of bowl eligibility. That makes them four and seven. There's all this discussion about them kind of doing the Mississippi State thing and being five and seven to get into the APR thing. Well, that means they got to win a ball game. Don't see that happening. South Carolina on the road at A&M. The South Carolina thing is so unpredictable, man. I mean, you, you know, you, you think A&M at home should be able to win this game, and they should. South Carolina is going to come out with their, uh, you know, with their heads on fire. But I think it's pretty safe to say. South Carolina is out of the bowl picture. Now, what does that mean for Muschamp going forward? You know, has he won enough games this year to keep the job? I would probably say so. Even though it's it's a, a year somewhat beneath the expectations, you lose your starting quarterback for most of the season, it's going to be difficult. You start a young guy out there, and you know, Ryan Helsinki's got, you know, over 2,000 yards passing. So you can say, you know what, we're building for the future. We were able to beat Georgia. We were able, we probably should have beat Florida. You know, we've competed. We've played well at times. We've been up and down. But you got Clemson next week. That's a loss. Just go ahead and get that out of the way. That's a loss. South Carolina currently four and six. Staring five and seven in the face. I don't think they won this weekend. I think it's a four and eight year. I think Muschamp will probably hang on as the coach, but uh probably coaching for his job next year. So your winners this week are Alabama, Florida, Auburn, Kentucky, LSU, Texas A&M. Doesn't sound like uh, going out on a limb anywhere. You know, it's just you know, a lot of silliness that goes along with those sort of things. But uh, eager, eager to get back to Davis Wade Stadium. It's, it seems like it's been forever since we have been there. And it really has been. We have not – it seems like we started a lot of games at home and then we've been on the road forever and ever and ever. And then we it doesn't feel like we've had a winnable game at home since the infancy of the season. So here we are now going home to play these final three games. As I've said for a couple of weeks now, I expect State to lose this weekend and then win the final two, sneak into bowl eligibility, and then we'll see what happens with the bowl matchup and where we go. But one step at a time. We've got to find a way to win next week, and then we'll see what happens. And you never know what the landscape of college football is going to look like week to week. You just never know. We've been in those situations before. I mean, you know, we've you, know, you get all hyped up to go play this team, and then all of a sudden they didn't have a player. You know, the the the, uh, the health of Tua Tagovailoa is something that's been in the, in the headlines all week. You know, he looked bad walking off the field against LSU. On Monday, Nick Saban seemed to be pretty hopeful about him playing. At his Wednesday press conference, he didn't seem to be quite as hopeful. It will be a game-time decision. And I don't know that I would want to uh, facing a Bob Shoup defense, especially if you feel like you can win the game without him. Bob Shoup's going to hit the quarterback. Bob Shoup's going to send, send front-side pressure. He's going to make the quarterback be mobile. They're going to put him on the run. They're going to make him get outside the pocket and make plays. Now, I don't know if you really want Tua running around out there a whole lot, if, especially if you think you can win the, football, win the football game just running the football. If I had to call it today, I don't know that we see him. And I think that makes the game that much more competitive. I don't know that we've got the firepower, but more importantly, I don't know that we've got you know, the cover men in the secondary to run with some of the best receivers in all college football consistently for four quarters. I'm just calling it like I see it. I'd love to come out here and say, hey, you know what, I think we're going to beat Alabama. I just don't believe that. But I do think we're going to be able to go out there and compete. I think we're going to go out there and play a good ball game. 
And then if some things go our way, you never know. But I don't think that two is going to be anywhere close to 100%. Nor do you. And I think there's a chance we may not see them. They have started to back up uh, in practice most of the week. It's been kind of quiet around Mississippi State. Had a couple weeks to kind of rest up and get ready. We expect everybody to play. We expect everybody to be available to play. Stuart Reese was a little bit iffy. And I don't know if you want to rush him back anyway, but uh, but uh, everybody should be available to play. Jim Moorhead shared with us earlier this week that Garrett Schrader is available. He would have been available two weeks ago, kind of in an emergency type situation. But now he's back in, uh, you know, into good health and ready to play. And listen, there's some things he's dealing with that are going to be an issue the rest of the year. That's why you always see him in a protective boot. It's just part of the deal. It's part of playing football in the Southeastern Conference. But let's go line up and see what happens. And I hope that you're here to, to be with us. It is uh, should be a nice day. It'll be a little bit chilly, but it should be a nice day. Let me just give you what we've got here as of late. It looks like it's going to be a very sunny day in Starkville. But it's going to be right at 46 at kickoff. You know, so it'll warm a little bit out today. The high is 56 tomorrow. So it'll be a cool, crisp day at Davis Wade Stadium. I hope that you can come and take part in that with us and just kind of enjoy being back in Starkville for a while. And again, it's a long weekend. You got a chance to watch the Mississippi State women tonight, football on, on Saturday and men's basketball on Sunday. So, you know, if you've already had to pay for the two-night minimum, you might as well enjoy the whole weekend. Make it a Super Bulldog weekend of sorts and come enjoy your time and spend some money around town. Our Starkville merchants need that. And that's probably one of the things that nobody really talks about, about all these 11 a.m. kicks, is when you've got the 11 a.m. kick, people don't have time to go through and, uh, you know, go to all our great vendors around Starkville and look through all the maroon and white merchandise and that sort of stuff. And, you know, people don't eat lunch. A lot of people leave right after the game. And so many of our Starkville businesses have not had the fall they normally have because of these 11 a.m. kicks. And so if you're in town, please do some Christmas shopping with our Starkville merchants, even if they're not sponsors of my show. These people are, are our friends. They're in our community. They make Starkville great. You know, go buy, have some coffee at 929 or Strange Brew or, or wherever. But go spend some money locally when you can. We would certainly appreciate that. On behalf of everybody in Starkville, we encourage you, when you can, to please spend some money here in Octibaha as we try to make Starkville a wonderful place. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.